This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. And good evening and welcome to the final 45 minutes as we get you set for LSU and Mississippi State. A 605 kickoff here on WWL Radio. Coming up at 320, we'll visit with Logan Lowry who covers Mississippi State for the Daily Journal. And we'll also visit with senior writer at TigerBait.com, Brian Lazar. The number to get involved is 260-1870. Is LSU a team that's improving or you think they're heading for trouble? Starting the day with Mississippi State, next week at Auburn. Then they have Missouri at home, followed by another trip to Gainesville to take on the Florida Gators. Cast your vote at WWL.com. Let's get you caught up on a college football scoreboard. And the uh, final of the day, it has gone Louisville all over Florida State by a score of 63-20. to 20. Damn. Ole Miss 7-3 like, over. Yeah, T-Bow, well, count it's, on that. It, it, look, it's like you said. It, uh, in a weird way, it wasn't even that close. Like 63-20 to 20 doesn't sound close, but that's closer than that game actually was. No, I agree with you. I agree with you. Right now in the first quarter, it is number 19, Ole Miss 7, and number 1, Alabama Three, South Carolina leads East Carolina 7-0 in the first. It is Kentucky trailing New Mexico State by a score of 7-0. Tennessee beat Ohio today 28-19. They'll play Florida next week. Georgia Tech over Vanderbilt 38-7. Later tonight in the conference, Mississippi State at LSU. Number 17, Texas A&M at Auburn. North Texas is at Florida. Texas State is at Arkansas. And number 16, Georgia is at Missouri. Now we'll take a look at top 25 action. Colorado leads Michigan. This is a shocker. 14 to 6. Michigan was a big favorite there by 21 points. Number 22, Oregon leads Nebraska 8 to 0 in the first. Clemson all over South Carolina today, 59 to 0. Number 9, Wisconsin comes from behind before a brutal five game conference stretch that features Michigan State, Michigan, Ohio State, and and Iowa, followed by Northwestern and Nebraska. They do come back and beat Georgia State today, 23-17. to Not much of an upset if you count how many championships they've won, and they've won six straight against the big boys. North Dakota State, 23, number 13, Iowa, 21. T-Bob, you brought up a very interesting point about what the voters could do, and I agree with you here. Yeah, so uh, I didn't think I was aware of this. Apparently, you can vote Division One AA schools in the top 25. So if you believe North Dakota State to be one of the best 25 teams in the country and you have a vote, you can do that. So I think it's time, Deke, make NDSU great again. Put them in the top 25. It's time. Uh, they have beaten six Division One opponents in a row. They win national championships. Uh, and look, this is supposed to be a good Iowa team. Kirk Fred just got a 10-year, $50 million extension. Put NDSU in the top 25. And, of course, number 25, Miami, 45-10. to 10. They jumped out to a 21-0 lead, never looked back. They're now 3-0 under Coach Mark Rick. Later tonight, it is 12th-ranked Michigan State at 18th-ranked Notre Dame. Also later this evening, it is number 3, Ohio State at number 14, Oklahoma. Portland State visits number 8, Washington. USC is a big dog at number 7, Stanford. Wait, 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 wait. wait. Washington's 8th in the country 8th in the right country, T-Bob, that's right. Well, Texas went, from, Texas went from being unranked to 11th. Of that big victory over Notre Dame. Number 11, Texas is at Cal. 
And, of course, earlier Thursday night it was Houston getting to 3-0, 40-16 over Cincinnati. And last night, Baylor 38-10 over Rice. Take a look at some other conference scores we checked in on the SEC. Now how about we look at the Big 12 to see what's some action there in the Big 12. Kansas State 35-0 over Florida Atlantic. Pittsburgh leads Oklahoma State 10-7 in the first. Memphis beat Kansas today 43-7. TCU beat Iowa State uh, 41-20. Later tonight it is Louisiana Tech at Texas Tech, that is Big 12 action. Other power conferences, we'll look in the Big 10 now, or the Power 5, where it is Western Michigan and Illinois scoreless. It was Rutgers over New Mexico 37-28. to It was Penn State beating Temple 34-27. to Later, it is Maryland at Central Florida, and Duke visits Northwestern. And one final big conference we will look at, let's take a look at action in the Pac-12, since we've already taken a look at the SEC. Washington State 21-3 over Idaho. It is Oregon still 8-0 over Nebraska. Later, Idaho State is at Oregon State. And UCLA is at BYU. Utah is 2-0. They look to get to 3-0 at San Jose State. Hawaii visits Arizona. And last night, Texas San Antonio had it, T-Bob, no. at home. But they lose to Arizona State late 32-28. to Damn, dude. My, my roadrunners, Coach Frank Wilson. Uh, actually, our during my time at LSU, the O-line straight coach, Ryan Philo, is now the uh, – Head strength coach over there. And look, I was meet me. I, I was I was all on board last night. Thought they were going to uh, you know pull off a road runner upset, make Arizona State into Wild E Coyote. Unfortunately, uh, they fell just short. Man, couldn't hold on uh, for long enough. The clock was uh, not their friend. All right, thank you so much, Dave Potter. Let's go to Tony on line three. Tony, thank you for calling WWL. Dagan T. Hey, Tony, what's up, man? Good to see you. Well, I just hope Les Miles takes the shackles off the boys today and let them play and be a bit daring to run, run, run through. Yeah, I mean, look, I, I, I'm, I'm right there with you, Tony. Now, one, one thing that is has been interesting this year is that, and maybe this is where we haven't always done as a good enough job giving the coaches credit. If you look at LSU's play calling selection, it's much more balanced this season. Than, uh, than, than, than I think people realize. It's just that the execution a lot of times has been lacking, which, look, that you know that, that's on the players, but is also on the coaches as well. So I think, Tony, if they continue to call games, uh, like, like they could call the same type of game plan that they did these first two, and it will feel more exciting if Danny Etling's able to execute at a higher level just because the ball will be moving around more. You won't be, it won't be so plotting. Look, uh, and Tony, you know this as much as anyone. All else you has to do is establish the threat of a passing game. If you can show that you can make a team pay over the top, then you're going to open up things for Leonard Fournette, Darius Geis, and company. Yeah, that's right. And um, um, Pittsburgh and Oklahoma State, ten all. By the way, uh, Oklahoma State just kicked a field goal. But um, I'll be. I, I found a link where I can listen to the games live, LSU games live. So I'm excited about that. Oh, nice, and, nice. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, but he's, Les Miles. He's just got to get let the shackles off the boys. Now, you know? now I do. Now I, I I do agree with you, Tony. That there's a um, they, 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 look. This is still philosophically a a very conservative team, and if they do, and now I the, the problem is, Tony. I don't know if this is the week where they let those shackles off because that lean's still a bit of an unknown. I expect a similar conservative game plan, but. 
like we said, if Etlin executes at a higher level and the coaches begin to show more confidence in him, then maybe, you know, maybe down the road you do come out throwing a bit more. Maybe down the road you do let go of the shackles a bit more because, well, look, at this point for Coach Miles, it's one of those situations where uh, he can adapt to survive when you look at the pressures on his job and job status, or he can stick to his guns and count on that to weather the storm. The only problem is if that doesn't work out, uh, it's kind of like where your, your your own stubbornness could end up being your downfall. All right, let's get the first half of our boot report, previewing games in the state of Louisiana. Here is Jordan Fee. All right, that's the first half of our in-state games previews. We call it the boot report. Coming up more from the boot report, plus our game preview with Mark Menard, T-Bob, A-Bears breakdown and game prediction. And we'll hear about Mississippi State. They come in at 1-1, one and one, one of the better defensive fronts in the conference today. That's next on Count You Down, the LSU and Mississippi State at 6.05 kickoff tonight on Tiger Radio, WWL. All right, he is T-Bob Bear. I'm Deke Bellavere. End of the first quarter, number 19, Ole Miss 7, number 1, Alabama 3. Big one today, kind of a shocker. Uh-oh. Without a doubt, it was number 10, Louisville 63, number 2, Florida State 20. Yes, T-Bob. Hey. Ole Miss, man, through one quarter. And look, whatever, man, this this game still probably ends with a big win for Alabama, but I guess I'm surprised because I thought this thing was going to be tied from pole to pole. So, uh, And not like tied. I'm crimson tied. Wow. Right. That was a poor choice of words there. I thought it was going to be Alabama domination from kickoff to really? the final. Yes, to the final buzzer. I did not see Ole Miss uh, being able to threaten them once again, but after 15 minutes. The Rebel, the Black Bears, kind of close here. Logan Lowry covers Mississippi State Bulldogs with with us uh, all the time. We lean on Logan. Logan, thank you so so much uh, for the time. And, uh, you know, T-Bob and I were talking. It looks like, and doing a little more research and checking into it, a fifth-year senior and a Tory Dale, a guy who's played in 40 games with five starts and Nelson Adams, another senior. A.J. Jefferson's a senior on the right side. Uh, J.T. Gray is a junior on the other side. You guys got a ton of experience and, and some big-name players there. But – it really looks like that this Mississippi State defensive front, uh, I would say if you're grading it out and going by advantage to each position, they have the advantage on the LSU offensive line. Well, it's, it's a deep uh, front for Mississippi State. The front seven is probably the strength of their whole team. Uh, you look at what they, you mentioned, some of those guys they got back on the defensive line. They got a boost last week getting Jeffrey Simmons, the five-star true freshman out there on the field. And also got Nick James, a fifth-year senior, uh, back at nose guard as well. So they're they're pretty deep there in the middle, and got a big-time playmaker in AJ Jefferson. And then they, they're running a three-four look this year. They're running a lot more out of that scheme. That's something Peter Sermon has brought in, new defense coordinator from Mississippi State. So a little bit of a different look than you're used to seeing from Mississippi State. They also they got a new position that's outside linebacker. Uh, hybrid defensive end position that they call Viper, and they, they got a former defensive end play in that. So they'll walk him up and rush him off the edge. Uh, they'll put one of their more athletic guys in to, to you know cover uh, tight ends and guys in the slot. So it's it's a position they can do a little a bit of different things for it. But uh, definitely the concentration is going to be to try to get some pressure on you know a first time starting quarterback for LSU, and also to to definitely try to stop Leonard Fournette, who's back this week. Deke, uh, Logan, excuse me. Uh, am, am, <laughs> am I correct in, or whatever, it, 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 does Mississippi State, does that fan base, do they smell a little blood in the water? Like, like you, you look at this game two weeks ago, wasn't even supposed to be competitive. Uh, the, the story as the season's developed has, has changed drastically. 
Absolutely. Well, the thing is, like you said, it, things were so much down in the dumps after they lost to South Alabama two weeks ago. Yeah. People were giving up on the whole season. And then they played the way that they did in the first half against South Carolina, and it gave them a little bit of a boost. You know, and it's kind of the way they performed in that first half was kind of what I was expecting to see from Mississippi State this year. Uh, but, you know, they haven't played a full full quarters yet. And, you know, you know that's what it's going to take down here to win in Tiger Stadium. They took it the last time that they won here two years ago. But, uh, you know, it's, it's a team, you know, Mississippi State, they just haven't – they got over that hump and played four quarters yet. It's a young football team, and uh, we'll have to kind of see how they do with a lot of uh, players, you know, playing in big-time roles that weren't down here a year ago or two years ago. And, uh, Logan, when you look at this state team, the strength front seven, like Deke said, the weakness that's secondary, just some really unfortunate injuries mixed with guys leaving for the uh, for the NFL. However, when you look at this LSU team, like, I don't know, what do you think? Can, can the Tigers threaten the Bulldogs through the air? Well, the thing is, Mississippi, like you said, Mississippi State lost their top two cornerbacks in, in fall camp this year. They lost two seniors that they were relying on to start, so – you know, they've got two guys back there that would have been their second-string guys. Those guys get moved up, and everybody just kind of gets shift, shifted on up. Uh, they're, you know, they've got bringing back a guy in Brandon Bryant and Kevon Coleman, who are starters back there at safety. So they got a little bit of experience there. Uh, but last week they, they played Jamal Peters, who switched from safety late in fall camp. He got his first little bit of action at cornerback ever and, and came down with an interception last week. But he's a guy that's still – learning that position and so far Mississippi State has not been able to cover the tight end and you know over the first two games that's where teams have hurt them so you know if LSU can get the ball to the tight end that's kind of been Mississippi State's weak weak spot this year. Logan Lowry is here with us. Logan let everybody know how they can follow you on social media. Well, they can find me at Logan Lowry, that's L-O-W-E-R-Y, and you can find my work at uh, djournal.com. You know, Logan, we were talking earlier in the week with, uh, you know, people who keep up with the program, and I would say you, you try to catch some beat writers and people who are with them all the time, and then maybe, luckily, if you get a coach. We usually get Coach Mullen out of season. He's all business during the season. But then again, the we get a chance to talk <clears throat> to some guys like Jim Ellis, and one of the things I brought up was, the you know, the media notes that we get Mississippi State is one of five SEC teams that's been to a bowl every season this decade, along with Alabama, Georgia, LSU, and Texas A&M. And, you know, he's quietly built that program up. But I think two years ago was the one that he really crossed out a lot of things, a lot of notches in his belt, not being able to win the big game, not being able to do this. He alleviated all that on, on that year and took him to the Orange Bowl. But I, I would think that state fans are pretty pretty proud right now, pretty pretty pleased with what they've seen. And Dan Mullen, is, I would say he's on as solid ground maybe as anybody in the SEC. Yeah, they've done a lot, especially over the last couple of years. I think state's the third win in this SEC program in the last since 2014. They've won 13 out of their last 19 SEC games. They've, Mississippi State's beaten everybody in the conference with the exception of being Alabama. Uh, South Carolina was on that list up until last week. So Dan Mullen's done a lot. He's still got that Alabama monkey still on his shoulders, but there's a lot of teams that still have that, you know, with Nick Saban and yeah. what he's been able to do over there. But, yeah, Dan, Dan Mullen has, has done a great job at Mississippi State. Probably something that's unprecedented at Mississippi State over the run that he's had over these eight years. And, you know, that loss to South Alabama hurts. I mean, obviously that was the first time he's really lost one of those kind of games at Mississippi State. You know, and years before, Sylvester Croom had lost to Maine and Louisiana Tech yep. and Jackie Sherrill had lost to Troy. So you had some of those losses in the past, but Dan Mullen had been able to avoid that up until the first of this year. Now, Logan, and, and this may be asking you to, like, kind of talk a bit out of both sides of your mouth, so I apologize if it is. But, like, <laughs> it, in okay, so in that same vein, absolutely, overall – 
Dan Mullen's done a very good job. The, the fans seem happy. But how important is not just this season, but really the next couple of years to try to prove that, you know, that success didn't necessarily hinge on having a transcendent guy like Dak Prescott. Like, how important is him to avoid the kind of Kevin Sumlin, Johnny Manziel uh, type of judgments that could take place? Right. You know, State's been to six straight bowl games, so that's a streak that's never been done in school history. Uh, but this year right here, everybody kind of thought it was going to be a rebuilding year. Like I mentioned earlier, they're, okay. they're a young team. And, you know, Dak Prescott, you know, obviously meant so much to this program. He's gone now, so they're breaking in a new quarterback and really didn't decide on a starter until last week. I mean, everybody thought Nick Fitzgerald was going to be that guy. But it took a, a, you know, 195 yards rushing last week to really solidify that spot. And, you know, I think State's going to be a pretty good team next year. Uh, but this year, if they can kind of just tread water, keep that streak of bowl, bowl appearances alive this year, I think, you know, everything's still fine and starful. All right. He is Logan Lowry of Bulldog, uh, djournal.com. Keep us up with Mississippi State. Logan, always a pleasure. Enjoy the game tonight. Thanks a lot, guys. All, All right. right. All right. <laughs> We'll get the, we'll get the All second right, half Logan, thank you. Of, of the boot report, <laughs> and then we'll come back and hear what Brian Lazar has to say in their T-Bob A-Bash prediction and our game preview. But here's the second half of big games happening in the state of Louisiana tonight, part two of the boot report with Jordan Fiegel. Nickel State returns to Thibodeau for their home opener against Incarnate Word. The Colonels came oh so close to knocking off Georgia last week, but a fourth quarter rally came up just two points short. Defensive lineman Kenny Dotson was awarded Southland Defensive Player of the Week honors for his performance. The Southern Jaguars returned to Baton Rouge for their home and conference opener against the Alabama State Hornets. The Jags were gashed by Tulane last weekend, giving up over 400 yards and seven touchdowns on the ground. Both schools are winless, but the Hornets have kept both of their games close. Grambling State heads to the Magnolia State for their swack opener against Jackson State. Last Saturday, Grambling nearly pulled off their own upset, leading Arizona 21-3 before surrendering 28 second-half points to lose 31-21. Even with the tough loss, Coach Broderick Fobbs looks at it as a learning situation. It's interesting because uh, there's a lot we can learn from it, and uh, you know I'm a firm believer in um, you don't lose, you learn, and uh, so, um, you know, this situation, um, I don't count a loss. I count it as a situation that you learn from. The Bulldogs of Louisiana Tech notched their first win against South Carolina State last Saturday with QB Ryan Higgins passing for over 400 yards and four touchdowns. He'll need to sling it again like that against the Texas Tech team that racked up 55 points and 612 total yards last week. The good news for Louisiana Tech is that Texas Tech's defense is giving up over 500 yards and 42.5 points per game. Number 20 LSU hosts the Mississippi State Bulldogs this evening. Both squads rebounded in week two after getting upset in week one. LSU's offense came alive against Jacksonville State last weekend after Danny Etling was inserted in place of Brandon Harris at quarterback. Etling will start against State, but the Bulldogs are a much tougher opponent than Jacksonville State. Despite his benching, Les Miles says he expects Harris to get significant snaps. That's certainly the uh, that's certainly the issue. Making sure that, that he knows that that this is a uh, this is a team, and that, that his talents and abilities need to be prepared to go into the game and, and, and play significant snaps. I'm Jordan Fiegel with WWL AM. FM and WWL.com.
We'll be back with more from our Gulf Coast Bank and Trust Tiger Tailgate Show. We got Brian Lazar coming up. I'm still going to give you my keys to the game, my breakdown of what's going to happen tonight. And let's hear from you as well over these last 30 minutes. How do you expect to play out? Final score, who's going to be the X Factors, who's going to be the keys? Text 87870. This is the Tiger Tailgate Show here on WWL, AM, FM, and .com. Senior writer at TigerBay.com, Brian Lazar at BLDOR, at B-L-D-O-R-E, Joe, just now. Brian, thank you so much for the time. Uh, this LSU game, uh, seemingly it's uh, going to come down to the trenches, uh, but, but your take, uh, how do you see, Brian, uh, this quarterback situation going down. I know what you said last week kind of unfolded a different way from what uh, we kind of thought and what Coach Miles went with. But your take on how he will use the quarterbacks today. Well, I mean, obviously Danny Etling's going to start, and I think if he plays pretty well, I think he's going the whole game. I mean, I don't think this is a case where uh, Les is intends to use two quarterbacks. I mean, I think the only way he's going to make a quarterback change tonight is if Danny Etling gets out there and for – three or four series, you know, LSU doesn't move the ball. You know, they go three and out four straight times or turn the ball over and have it scored and fall behind. You know, he may think about a change then. Uh, but I don't think, you know, people are saying he's thinking about playing two quarterbacks. Uh, he's not thinking about playing two quarterbacks tonight. I guarantee what he's hoping for. He's hoping for Danny Evans to go out there and play well and he doesn't have to use anybody else. Yeah, I mean, it, I, I, what Coach Miles has been doing this week is not a two-quarterback system. He's just trying to make sure that Brandon Harris's head, uh, I think, stays in the game. But looking outside of quarterback, Brian, uh, have you heard any news on Leonard Fournette? Do we know what his status is uh, for the game today? I've heard it, this has switched back and forth from sources I've yeah. had about three times in the last three days. Uh, uh, so. Going back last week, I was told on Thursday that it didn't look like he was going to play. And that talking about against Jacksonville State, and that's what happened. I, I was told at that time it was no lock that he was going to play this week against Mississippi State. Well, midweek this week, I heard he's made a lot of progress. It looks like he's going to play. Uh, then yesterday, I heard, well, maybe not. You know, I don't know if the the fact that the weather conditions could be playing a factor in this. I heard maybe not. Today I've heard, yeah, it looks like he's going to play. So I don't know where he's <laughs> So I, I guess we're just going to have to wait and see what happens uh, you know, at 6 o'clock, whether or not he's going to be out there and playing. Brian, I'll ask you the question that I've been asking myself all week. Uh, LSU's offensive line versus Mississippi State's defensive line, how did Tigers' front five hold up? Uh LSU, uh, Mississippi State's front's the best part of their whole team. Yes. So, you know, uh, A.J. Jefferson, a very good defensive end. You know, Richie Brown, a good guy at linebacker. You know, State always has those big guys up front. They're, they are built to stop the run. So it's going to be a big test for LSU. I think LSU is going to have to do some things on the perimeter first uh, and then maybe run the ball back inside. So, Maybe do you line up in three wide with one running back and try to get some yardage that way and not just try to plug it out with uh, Mississippi State's front inside because uh, I think that's the strength of Mississippi State's entire team, not just defense. 
Brian, uh, special teams, uh, you know, kind of a mixed bag, not real good in week one. Uh, your take on week two, and, and uh, you know, if this is a tight game, you know, last year this wound up being a tight game down the stretch, and uh, it and almost came down to special teams with State trying to uh, pull off an upset late in the game in Starkville. Your take on the special teams, where they are after th- after two weeks? Well, I thought that was the one that really was improved in week two over week one. You know, Josh Broden punted the ball much better. You cut, you cut. You, you, if we could, Brian, let's just give us your predicts because you've been cutting out bad where you are right now, my man. What, what's your take, LSU Mississippi State? I think it's going to be a close game. Uh, I'm going to say LSU 27-17. 27-17. Senior writer at TigerBay.com at B O D O R E B O D O R E on Twitter. Brian Lazar. Brian, thank you so much for the time. Thank you. All right, we'll come back right, and we'll Brian, get thanks, we'll get man. our game preview and T Bob Abe's take on LSU and Mississippi State here yeah. on WWF. And welcome back. Keeping an eye on things in Oxford, Mississippi. Right now, number nineteen Ole Miss leads number one Alabama ten to three. Two six zero one eight seventy. You can text us to eight seventy eight seventy. LSU and Mississippi State coming up tonight. It's going to be a shade after six o'clock. About a six o five kickoff here on WWL Radio. It is our game preview each and every week, and here's Mark Winnar breaking down LSU and Mississippi State. The winds of change are blowing through Baton Rouge, and the hope is that it will set a new course towards a national championship for the LSU Tigers. Last week, the Bayou Bengal offense showcased more of the same struggles that plagued them in their season-opening loss to Wisconsin. Brandon Harris led the Tigers on two straight three-and-out drives, and LSU entered the second quarter with zero points against FCS Dennis in Jacksonville State. When the Tigers got the ball at the beginning of the second quarter, they found themselves trailing the Gamecocks 3-0, and Coach Les Miles finally pulled the trigger on a move the fan base had become increasingly eager for. Enter Danny Etling. The junior transfer from Purdue took over under center and provided an instant jump start to the Tiger offense. Etling led the purple and gold to three straight touchdown drives and a 20-10 second quarter lead. That lead was increased to 27-10 when Tredavious White put his stamp on the proceedings for a second week in a row, housing a 60-yard punt return that seemed to span the length of the field once he was finished winding his way horizontally as well as vertically to pay dirt. The Tigers would coast through the second half to a 34-13 win. The performance by Etling in a game that Leonard Fournette spent on the sideline nursing an injury is what has caused the winds of change to blow through Death Valley and earn the Terre Haute, Indiana native the chance to prove his medal in this week's conference opener. And he'll do so against a team whose season has mirrored that of the 1-1 Tigers to this point. Mississippi State laid one of the biggest eggs in all of major college football in Week 1 when they lost in their own stadium to the South Alabama Jaguars. While the Bulldogs led 17-0 at the half, they managed just one field goal on offense in the final two quarters while giving up 21 points on defense, including the losing touchdown in the game's last minute. To their credit, they didn't let the shocker linger into Week 2, as they rebounded with a dominant win at home over South Carolina. Bulldog quarterback Nick Fitzgerald set a school record for rushing yards by a QB with 195, while also throwing for 178 as he led Mississippi State to a 27-14 victory. 
Now at 1-1, the Bulldogs hit the road for the first time in 2016 against a team they haven't fared well against in recent history. LSU has won 15 of the last 16 matchups against their longest tenured rival. The Tigers' lone loss this century to the Bulldogs was part of Mississippi State's magical Dak Prescott-fueled 2014 season when they climbed all the way to number one in the national rankings. But LSU rebounded with a victory last year. Of course, that's all just distant memories, buried in the past forever. Meanwhile, the future's in the air. You can feel it everywhere, blowing with the winds of change. So will Danny Etling and the Tigers seize the magic of the moment on a glory night as the winds of change blow through Death Valley? Or will it be the Bulldogs who are feeling the sweet breeze of success? It's the number 20 LSU Tigers hosting the Mississippi State Bulldogs, coming up right here on WWL. I'm Mark Menard, WWL Sports. And welcome back. That's Mark Menard with our game preview. Uh, who are you loving, T-Bob, over there? I, I love it. I love the interaction you got. I, I know. Oh, in, in I don't know. Look, yeah, you're not so, so you don't see this during the week. I, uh, and I love you. I talk. I, <laughs> well, you I, a fool. I talk to, uh, I'm, I'm on our text line 24-7. I, I, it's, it's how I stay entertained during our commercial breaks, which we have a lot of. But I get it. You got to keep the lights on. Uh, yeah, so I'm always chatting away. I'm in one argument about whether I'm being PC or saying how I really feel. Uh, I, which, by the way, one of my biggest pet peeves. Now that and look, I agree the PC police have gotten out of control. But what that's led to now, Deke, is if someone hears something they don't agree with, they just say, "Oh, you're being PC," and that's BS. Like, no, I can. I, what I say, I, I I believe in. So having that conversation. There's another fan who uh, is demanding that ULL be referred to as UL at Lafayette. Because that's not at all inefficient or unwieldy on the wait, tongue. Wait, so, uh, wait, but, but educate me again. How does the fan want to be referred? to? UL at Lafayette. So he don't want to say University of Louisiana. No, no, he wants. Well, he, here's he, the thing: if you say that and say, let's just say you're north of Shreveport, someone may think you're talking about Lafayette, Indiana. Well, look, and 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 here's here's the greater issue. This is not how it works. We don't say Louisiana State University. You don't say. Uh, University of California at Berkeley, right? No, this is college right. football. You you just you keep it simple. You keep it point. You keep it efficient. Official documents, absolutely. So a few different conversations going on, and then one person said uh, they loved us. So right. Well, here's the thing: if, if you're talking about what's notable and so forth, if you if you were to call you, you I always say I try to say University of Louisiana Lafayette. And a lot of people like to be, they like for the school to be referred to as Louisiana's Raging Cajuns. I got no problem with saying that. That's what they want. Sometimes I do say UL. I say ULL. That's what their initials are. But if you're talking about wanting to be known as UL at Lafayette, I can promise you nationwide and countrywide, <laughs> West Lafayette, Indiana is far more known for Purdue University than Louisiana. Lafayette. And it's not anything. It's because they're in a big conference and they've, had, they've got somewhat of, of, of a better tradition. And what that's, about, just, that's just what it is. What about Ulala? Do you think do you think they'll like Ulala? Man, I, look, I took some classes. I just went. I took some classes over there, and it was always. I'm like me and your dad. It's USL. It would be like USL, USL. There. There University of Southwest, and just like Monroe, NLU, Northeast Louisiana University. You speak the Indians had a beautiful mascot. But T. Bob, as we get set, about three minutes left. LSU yeah. and Mississippi State. The Tigers. A favorite in this one. Pretty big and by some accounts. Yeah, so uh, Vegas has not favored by what, Deke? 14, 13, somewhere in that range. Mm-hmm. So what that tells me is one of two things. Because Vegas is never too far off. Like, like you can expect it to be in that range uh, the majority of the time. So they either believe that Danny Etling fits his team better and that he's going to be able to unlock the offense, or they believe that just on paper 
This is an LSU team that is 13 points more talented than Mississippi State. Either way, that's a good sign for LSU. Even though they've had a disappointing start and Mississippi State kind of bounced back from their own disappointing start and is gaining in confidence, these are still teams that, well, they're not too close to each other from a competitive standpoint. There are nice matchups for the Bulldogs and there are bad matchups for the Tigers, but LSU should handle this game. However, whether or not they do, well, the the answer to that lies in the answer to the three big questions that I have going into today. The first of which, once again, can LSU exploit the Bulldogs' weaknesses? The secondary for Mississippi State is lacking. The front seven is their most powerful aspect. This is a tough team to run the ball against. T-Bow, LSU may not have Leonard Not to Fournette. interrupt you, but yeah. Ole Miss 16, Alabama 3. A long bomb from Chad Kelly. Yes, 16-3. Ole Miss has just gone up over Alabama. Black Bears, watch out. <laughs> wow, unbelievable. Um, okay, so bottom line, look, can you exploit Mississippi State's weak uh, secondary? Obviously, the LSU passing game, who knows? Danny Etling's kind of tied up in that question as well. Um, how does LSU's offensive line do against Mississippi State's defensive line? That's the key to running the ball. It's also going to negate State's best pass defense, which is just going to be rushing the passer and get, getting after Danny Etling. And finally, Dave Aranda's defense. Week two of a three-week stretch where you play spread teams with zone-read quarterbacks. You improved as the game went on last week against Eli Jenkins. Nick Fitzgerald is not as good as Eli Jenkins, but Mississippi State's team is better. How do the Tigers handle the zone read tonight. Those are the three questions. The answer to which will decide the game, in my opinion, I think LSU wins this game by 10. I'm looking at a, like, uh, 24-14 type of stat line. All right. He's T-Bob Bear. I'm Deke Bellavere. Up next, it's LSU and Mississippi State, the pregame show with the LSU Sports Network. T-Bob, take him to the network. He's T-Bob Bear. All right, y'all. Go Tigers. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews, or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.